morning. And welcome to the great celebration of Epiphany uh, this morning uh, with all this light uh, and the star before us. We uh, celebrate the arrival of the uh, wise ones, the magi, to honor and worship the child Jesus. And we celebrate together the beginning of uh, this journey that we are on together. So it's great to see all of you in the sanctuary this morning. It's also good to be back uh, with those of you who join us via Armstrong Cable or our Facebook page or our website. Uh, last week, we were not able to be with all of you uh, at home. And so if you wondered if there was something wrong with your TV or your computer or Armstrong, it wasn't on you. Um, it was on us. So we are so glad this morning to have up in our uh, broadcast booth Tyson Johnston and Carolyn Turnbull. And during this uh, unfolding season, we're going to be looking forward to training some more volunteers uh, to help us uh, stay in ministry with, with those who are not able to physically be with us. So um, if either any of you here or you at home uh, have an interest in that, please contact the church office. So um, that is my brief announcement for this morning. Ah, and so... We begin uh, this celebration again, this season, uh, this celebration of Epiphany. If you are able to stand, I would invite you to do so. Otherwise, remain in your seats. The prayer for Epiphany is found in your hymnal, but the words are also on the screen. So either 255 in your hymnal or the words are on your screen. Uh, please join me uh, if you are able in this prayer for the Epiphany. O oh God, you made of one blood all nations, and by a star in the east, revealed to all peoples him whose name is Emmanuel. Enable us who know your presence with us, so to proclaim his unsearchable riches, that all may come to his light. and bow before the brightness of his rising, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And our opening hymn is that great Christmas carol, We Three Kings, found on uh, page 254 or on the screen.
God, like the Magi, we come with gifts to honor you, to celebrate the arrival of uh, your son, the Savior of the world. So accept these gifts, our money, our time, our talent, our resources, our ideas, our hopes, our whole selves. Receive them, bless them, use them for the coming of your uh, kingdom here on earth. Amen. You may be seated, except for our kids. And I know we have, it's always good. I see you out there. They're coming. They're coming. Good to see you, Noah and Morgan. What? Yeah, where is your sister? How lovely. Well, good. What is it I always ask if you all come together? Did you come on the bus? No. We took, we took, we took like a very, 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 very long car. Okay. I think no, that. Didn't. No, we didn't. All right. Now, wait. Before we hear the story, I want you to look up here. I want you to look around. Because this is the last Sunday that everything's going to be decorated like this. Like, next Sunday, that star comes down. But that song we just sang, Star of Wonder, star, that, that reminds us of the star that, had the, that led the wise men that to is, Jesus. That is yeah. And you see, this morning, I brought in from my house, I brought three wise, three wise men. And they've come, and they came... And this is, we call this the Christ candle. It reminds us of Jesus. And the three wise people, they came to give to, uh, presents to Jesus. So that's what our story's about. So have a seat. Actually, our story is a little bit, goes a little bit further. All right? It goes like this. So remember, how, remember what, where, what we've talked about so far is Jesus being born, right? And his mom and dad went on, a, went on a trip. Do you remember the town they went to? They had to Bethlehem. go. Bethlehem. They had to go in and, and they had the baby. Do you remember? You, you remember last two weeks ago. Where did they have the baby? Where was he born? In Bethlehem, but in a stable, right? Yes. In an ancient barn. Yeah. And, and then who, who came to see him first? Do you remember? The, who they? Who they? Yeah, but first, who are the first? They have sheep. What are they called? Shepherds. shepherds. All the shepherds come, then the shepherds go home, and then the story today, we're told that there were wise people that came from the east. They came from far away, and here's this. And then this story tells us a little bit after that, and this story is called Refuge. And, and the story is told as if the donkey were talking, okay? So you have to think about this. The, the words are like as if a donkey could talk. It says this. The man led me, and I carried the woman all the way to Bethlehem. And then the baby was born. That's the story, remember, that we've been talking about. The shepherds came first. You all remembered that. The shepherds came first, and then after them came the kings. And we're going to hear that story this morning. And when the last king left, the scent of frankincense, that's this beautiful perfume, lingering in the air, we all slept. And the man, that's Joseph, had a dream. And he had a dream that there was danger. Hmm. So in the dream that Joseph, that Joseph has... It's not in this story. But in the dream that Joseph has, he's told that the king wants to find the baby Jesus and kill him because he doesn't, the king doesn't want anyone else to be important. And so Joseph, an angel comes to Joseph in the night and he has this dream. And it says, so Joseph woke up long before the sun rose and told the woman Mary. And she took the baby. Who's the baby? Jesus. Baby Jesus. Good. Baby Jesus. And she kissed him. He, uh, she smelled his sweet baby breath and felt his soft, warm baby skin and how his lashes tickled her cheeks as he sleep, sleepily nuzzled her neck. And she said to the tiny baby, it's time to go. 
And so Mary and Joseph, they wrapped the baby Jesus up warm and kissed him again. And the man came to get, came to get the donkey. He patted me between the ears <laughs> and he led me out. Come on, old friend, we're off on another journey. And we left some gold for the innkeeper, for he had been very good to us, even when not everyone had been. And we set off under starlit night through the empty streets while people were sleeping. And we were hoping for the kindness of strangers one more time. And we passed the shepherds in the fields, and there were whispered blessings and the movement of sheep in the darkness, and the clasp of rough hands, and the love of warm hearts. And look, it's getting to be daylight now, and it says, and the donkey said, I kept walking, carrying my precious load of Mother Mary and baby Jesus. And Mary held baby Jesus close to her heart. And she and Joseph talked about their journeys, and their dreams, and the warnings, and the love of the baby, and the kindness of strangers and when we rested and they were frightened they took hope from each other and from baby Jesus's tiny first smile and so they're on a journey and they have to go to a place called Egypt because that's where the dream that's where um, the angel in the dream told Joseph take Mary and the baby and you'll go be safe there and it says and we entered Egypt and they'd never been there before, and they didn't know anything about it. But you know what it turned out? It says, and we found refuge there, and there were strangers who were kind and welcomed us and kept us safe. And then look in this very last picture. One of the people is out feeding the donkey because they're thankful that the donkey carried them all that way. I love this story. Because it reminds us that along the way in Jesus' story, just like in our story, people that he didn't even know, that they didn't even know were kind and welcoming to us. It reminds us all how important that is. You have been such good listeners today. So we're going to have a prayer, and then back to children's church. Yay, right? Yeah, but are we finishing Sunday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a whole, you got a whole thing planned today. All righty? But you're going to do something special. Trust me. You look trusting. Oh, you will too. Good. All right. Well, let's say a prayer and then you're going to go out. Thank you, God, for these kids and for this story and for the love and kindness of strangers as well as friends and family. Now bless them this day and bless all the children of the world. Amen. Off you go. I feel like we could just stay up here, right? Yeah. Forever, because you have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, this morning, we have a new piece by our virtual choir. Um, for the end of this uh, Christmas epiphany season. Wait a minute. 
thank you to our singers who recorded that and for, to Jim for uh, assembling. It is no small task. So as we uh, said throughout this, already this service this morning, um, we're kind of closing out this holiday season, but of course the journey goes on. This morning we read from the gospel, um, here from the gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 2. Uh, this is the only place where we hear the story of the arrival, the visit of the wise men. Reaching now from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of frankincense and myrrh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ah, oh God, open this old, holy, wonderful word again to us. Make it new through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, help us see and hear and find a new word, life-giving uh, word for our lives. Amen. This passage you just heard is one of my favorite texts to preach on. There are so many wonderful people and parts to this story. It is a captivating drama with a powerful opening scene. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men, magi, came from the east to Jerusalem asking, where is this child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. Wise men, magi, kings we sometimes say, pictures and paintings and figurines, most often in colorful clothing, crowns and jewels, typically riding on camels, right? The drama. Surprising visitors sweeping into Jerusalem, setting off wonder and worship and fear. Then the scene changes. You know, you can, if we were doing this uh, this morning in the drama, you see them come in, and then when the scene changes, the lighting shifts, and maybe there's just one spotlight on Herod in a, in a dark corner, this one evil and fearful. And his business is not done out in the open as the arrival of the wise ones had been, but rather it is in secret. First, secret, the consult with the scribes and the Pharisees to determine what and who are these visitors here to see. Then, that deceitful conversation with the wise ones that sends them to Bethlehem with those words, go and search diligently for the child. And when you find him, let me know so that I may go also and worship him. Much more serious, of course, but I can't help but think of that uh, part in the, in the Grinch story when Cindy Lou Who finds... Uh, the Grinch uh, stuffing the, 
the Christmas tree up the chimney. Um, the Grinch lies and, and says, I'm, I'm taking it home to fix it, my child. There is an evil tone in the hiding and in the secret and in deceit. Again, the, the scene changes. And the, and the Magi head off following that star, star of wonder, star of light. Right? We, I just, we just love to sing that until it stops. And then we're told when the star stops, the wise ones stop and they are what? That is beautiful line that's a sermon in itself. They're overwhelmed with joy. That's why they stop. They can't go further. They're overwhelmed with joy. These travels, travelers who we have sung about, who travel so far. Then they offer, we're told they kneel, they, they offer their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and then, finally, as the, as the credits roll on our great uh, film, on our great drama, we see these wise ones heading off home. But this time, going home another way. Because they've been warned in a dream that's not safe to go back the way they came. Oh, right? To be so wise. To be so wise. If this scripture was a movie, we'd most definitely need both a, a sequel and a prequel, as they call them. A sequel to know what happened to the wise ones, those magi, when they made their way back home. What happened after they got there? Did they tell about the Christ child? Did they tell their story? And if so, how did they do it? And how did it change the lives of those they told? Hmm. And about a prequel. The story before the story. Who were these magi? And how did they get to be so wise? Ah, that question we might be able to discern just a little bit of an answer to. Let's go back to just those first two verses, those opening verses, because they give us simple but important information. What we hear is this is not some random visit to Jerusalem. They come asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? How did they know that there was ever going to be a child who would be born king of the Jews? They weren't Jews themselves, but... They were scholars, right? They had studied. They, they had studied, and we don't know how they had gotten this information. We don't know exactly, but, but they were scholars. They had studied. They were learned ones. And then it tells us this. We have observed his star at its rising. Ah, they have not just been studying scripture or sacred text. They've been watching the sky. They'd been looking. They'd been observing. They were possibly astrologers. They had been careful in their waiting and their watching. It reminded me somewhat of Simeon and Anna, the characters that we celebrated from the Christmas story last week. This idea, this concept, this reality that wisdom comes in preparedness, in attention, in observation. To not just go through the motions of getting ready, of watchfulness, but of careful study. Again, of noted observations. As I move toward retirement, I have thought of that quite a bit on my time in seminary and my first appointment. So, and I don't know if this is still true, but when I was graduating from seminary, United Methodist uh, students had to have three courses in United Methodist history, polity, and doctrine. Um, the polity one, as I remember, uh, was basically a, a study of how is the church organized? What's the, what's the and, uh, politics of it? How do we work together? What are the requirements? How does the big church work in terms of general conferences and annual conferences? And, and also, how does the local church work? Now, I passed the course. I probably got a B. Um, but at that time, um, I had four kids at home and was commuting to seminary two days a week, so 
Um, let's be honest, I didn't pay a ton of attention <laughs> to, to what actually happened after you got done with the class. So uh, when I got out into my first appointment, what I realized was I knew nothing. Um, I knew virtually nothing about how the local church was actually organized. And in United Methodism, it's pretty specific. What your committees are, you've got staff parish and finance and um, you've got trustees and they all have requirements and they all have jobs, which I maybe read in a book and I maybe even answered the right question on a test, but I had absolutely no recollection of this. Now, now the good part of that, the good part of me not knowing what I was doing was that I knew people who did, right? I had a couple of great mentors who I could call. I had resources before me. And quite honestly, it was not life or death, right? It was not life or death. But we know that's not always true. Um, eight years ago this uh, month of January, our son Dan, who is the manager of a large grain elevator in southern Ohio, uh, got a call from a neighboring farmer uh, that uh, alerted him to uh, the fact that the uh, older gentleman farmer of, uh, of that uh, place had, was stuck in, the, in a silo. Um, every year you hear stories of, of people who suffocate um, in silos. And so they called Dan, they called the grain elevator, um, and luckily because OSHA requires it of Dan, Dan had training in this, um, he knew what to do. Uh, he got the few things that he needed, which were very um, simple, but you had to do it in a very specific way. Uh, went, to the, went to the neighboring farm just a mile or so down the road, and they saved Richard's life. But it all happened very quickly. It all happened very, very quickly. Um, this week, of course, as uh, not only as a Bills fan, but uh, as the whole nation watched that story unfold, uh, first on Monday night with the cardiac arrest of Buffalo Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, and the immediate, immediate on-field CPR of Bill's assistant, athletic trainer, Denny Kellington. Um, the story has unfolded in a way that no one on Monday night could have seen possible. Um, he's made a remarkable recovery. His uh, ventilator's out. He uh, has FaceTimed the team. But what are the story of the week? And, you know, if you watch the NFL, you'll see this yesterday and today, all the players wearing um, for love of three uh, patches on, you know, things on the field. But really, who's the, really who's the hero? Is that assistant trainer. He's the hero, but he doesn't have a number, so nobody can wear his number. But what the story was um, has been so amazing is that all that preparation that would have ever gone into this man's training so that when the moment came he could do it he didn't have to go look at a manual he didn't say let me check and see what we're supposed to do he did it immediately he responded the CPR the use of the AED the um, intubating um, Damar in the ambulance. All of those things came because people were prepared, actually for the event that they hoped and prayed would never happen, right? So when I think about this preparedness, this, this being ready for whatever might come, hmm, I think about uh, these wise ones. Think about what it would mean for us to be wise in our spiritual lives as we anticipate, right, anticipate an encounter with the Christ to be so wise. Um, repeatedly this last year, and you've all heard it a number of times, repeatedly I have gone back to the principles that Adam Hamilton had lifted up in our Lenten study last year, The Walk. Not because it was such a novel idea that he gave us, but because the, uh, the principles, the disciplines that he lifted up are so simple and so profound and really so doable in our lives. How do we prepare to encounter Christ in our lives every day and in the end time, in the time of our death? Worship, right? 
this commitment to worship, and not because worship every Sunday is so great, <laughs> you know? I mean, some weeks it's, it's a little off, and we kind of wonder. But because that pattern of worship, whether you're at home and worshiping, or whether we're here, or whether you find yourself in another worship space, is because it centers us and, and calls us back. Prayer, together and apart. And, and like worship is so different. I got to say, that is the one thing as I've been reading a little bit this week about CPR, is there is a specific way of doing it, right? You don't just randomly kind of figure out how you yourself would like to do CPR. Um, there's a training involved that's quite specific. Prayer is a little bit different. Prayer is, some of us like quiet prayer, contemplative prayer. Others, others like litur liturgical prayer and uh, repetitive prayer. And some of us like prayer walking and prayer beads. But they all allow us to be prepared, right, for what will come. Service, personally and together, giving generously, both personally and together, sharing our witness in the world. Why do we do what we do? Because we know that God loves us and we want others to know that God loves them as well. That we need to practice collectively and individually telling our faith story. The spiritual preparedness. To be like those, to be like those wise ones who were uh, looking and waiting and observant and then ready to go, right? That's the other part. They were ready to go. So as we enter this new year together, um, let's take that in. Let's uh, allow ourselves to be moved, um, sometimes following a star, sometimes following one another, uh, but always knowing that, that we are never alone. Ah, uh, to be so wise. Amen. Amen. And we uh, sing our way. Uh, we, sing, we sing our way with these uh, wise ones with one of our closing uh, carols for this season. Uh, if you uh, would either sing along with the words on the screen or from your hymnal on 245. Uh, the last three verses of the first Noel are about these wise ones and their journey with the star.
joys this morning are many. Uh, Thanksgiving for so much, especially uh, this morning, we're reminded because of the events of this week to uh, give thanks and always show our appreciation to persons who are like EMTs and our firefighters and ambulance drivers and, and police uh, law enforcement persons who respond to all kinds of situations uh, with, with courage and expertise. And we just um, continue to give thanks for them and also pray for them. Um, this day, I have a joy to share with you from prayer. I have asked since October for prayers for our friend's little baby, uh, Ever Klein, who was born at one pound and 13 ounces on uh, the last Monday of October, and he went home this week. He has made, yeah, and I tell them all the time um, that we have kept him in our prayers. Um, remarkably, he's gone home almost a month before his due date, and he's up close to five pounds, and has done remarkable. So as we give thanks for medical technology and for incredible care, you know, that happens in all kinds of places. Um, and I'll, I'll give them, a, I'll tell them today that um, we, we gave Ever and his family a round of applause and all those nurses and doctors who've taken such good care of him. So we continue to pray for many. Um, we continue to pray for little Ellie who uh, continues with her cancer treatment. We continue to pray for persons um, that we know and love who've received challenging diagnoses this last uh, stretch of time, and we pray for their healing and hope. Um, prayers for travelers and, and those at the beginning of this new year who are finding it kind of a difficult time. So for all of that, we pray. Um, continued prayers for our earth um, and for those who are most impacted by um, this climate change. So with that, uh, God knows. Let's pray. Oh God, you have heard our joys this morning. They rise up in us. Thank you. You've heard our concerns this morning. They both rise up in us and sometimes settle down so deep that we are weighted down by them. So we come together this morning. We come together this morning knowing that this is where you have called us to be, to hear your word, to feel the support of one another, to celebrate with music and light, and to leave this morning stronger, more comforted, more observant people. Oh God, waiting for your call always, each day in our lives, some enfolding story before us. Thank you for loving us just like we are and also for forgiving our failings, for mending our broken bodies, minds, spirits, and relationships, and leading us forward. Hmm. We know you aren't just with us, but that uh, you sent Jesus because you so loved the world. We lift up a world in need. We lift up places of war and violence and hunger. And we pray that you would use us this day and this coming week for mending of spirits, for a healing of bodies, for a giving of hope. All of this we pray in that one, Jesus, who came to show us the way of love and life in this world, that we might, with all your people, know it forever. So hear us now as we pray the prayer that Jesus first taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
And so I send you forth, but where I really want to send you forth is to Miller Parlor. I know some of you might have to leave, but um, you are all invited. Even if you can't stay for our, our conversation about um, this next season of life together, just there is just come and have a bite to eat and some time together. Uh, it looks like we have a lot of um, yummy goods and uh, it'll be good to be together. So you are all invited, kids and adults of all ages. And with that, we now sing our way out of this season and into the world by our closing hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. It's found in your hymnal on 251 or the words are on the screen. Stand if you are able, otherwise sing from where you are. God bless these people, bless and move us to go tell it on the mountain, the story of life and love found in Christ. And bless this uh, breakfast that will be shared and the conversation that we will have that uh, somehow in the magic and wonder of your way, we might be opened up to all kinds of possibilities so that we might be so wise. Amen. Amen.